Welcome, Chiefs Kingdom, to another episode of The Aftermath. I'm your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my brother, my friend, my partner in crime, my PIC, Chris Timpenny. Chris, how are we feeling on another Victory Monday, bi-week Victory Monday on the Chiefs book, my friend? We are now 7-2, headed into the bye. You know, every time the Chiefs get a win, it's always a good day. Especially when you're eating those, you know, eating those W's like Jameis likes to do over there. No, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, and it, especially when it's a team like the Dolphins, you're doing all this talk and doing all this uh, coming into the game, have all the hype because of the deep, because of the offense. And it's like, Shout out Reed, man. no one <laughs> talked about the defenses at all. I watched the pre, you know, the, the, you know, the week up leading up to the game, watching the uh, pregame show, watching like, you know, the the reels, the hype reels and stuff. They ain't showing none of the defensive players in any of these. That's not what sales tickets all about offense, huh? And it's like, that's what the store, both of these defenses have a couple Hall of Famers, you know, Ramsey and Chris Jones, a couple other good players and Xavier Howard and Wilkins and Trent freaking McDuffie and all these all guys. Pro, and like All pro Trent, say it again. Dude, none of these guys were being showed before the game. It was all offensive talk, which absolutely was blowing my mind because these defenses, especially the Chiefs, came to play. And, like, man, that I, I tweeted out. I was like, it has been a lot. I know the Chiefs offense got its issues. We're, we'll continue to talk about that. But it has been so much fun watching maybe the best defense in the league play in Kansas City. And that's sad because, like, from, like, a fan's perspective, especially, like, Chiefs fans, but even, like, more so, like, NFL fans in general, you if you're a real fan of football, you've seen teams be really good defensively, and those be the backbone of teams. We've seen that through the 2000s, through the 2010s, and for more so for the Chiefs' perspective, we've had defensively-led football teams when the Justin Houston days and Tamba Ali and going back to Derek Thomas and Neil Smith back in the 90s, we've seen defensively-led teams. So for our fans to be so – not like not necessarily – they're frustrated with the offense, of course, because like you said, they're not doing what they need to do, but – for them not to be as appreciative of what's going on is very shocking to me because if anybody should know about a good defense, it should be Chiefs fans. We've seen this for years and decades over here. Even back to – like, for Emil, you can go back to Marty Schottenheimer, Herm Edwards, Romeo Cornell, any era you want to pick. We've seen good defenses through this town and in the city. So, I'm me and you have been very appreciative of this defense. We've been screaming their praises since the summer. I just wish they would get their flowers more, Chris. And for them not to talk about the defense pregame, when you have the defense who clearly is playing like the best in the league right now, who I don't think they're even playing. I think they are the best defense in the league, in my opinion. I was saying that a couple of weeks ago, Chris. I think it's a fact now when you hold that team to really seven points because that second touchdown don't count. Um, <laughs> when they when they do something like that, bro, without one of their starters and Nick Bolton being on the field, I don't think it's a debate who's the best defense in the league right now, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. I won't argue with people that bring up Cleveland and bring up Baltimore. But I think those are the only three that even have an argue, have a conversation. Like sure. I'm with you. I think with what this defense has been able to do with the names or maybe lack of names from a national standpoint on this roster, like they Justin Reed's balling too, man. Like we don't talk about I'm him back, enough. Chris, he's he's, he's been having a great great season. Like you don't hear his name until he does something good because they ain't throwing to him. And then when they do throw around him, or he does have to come up and make a play. He's making it. And so that's what you want from your safety. Like you you can go back and go up and down the list. Brian Cook, a guy who hasn't had, you know, maybe as many highlight plays up to this point, got involved not not only by scoring the touchdown, what was maybe the best defensive play that we're going to see this year. That play was that was was top tier. That was crazy. And then he was the one that like, even if it's a good snap, 
even if Tua has a good snap, he was unblocked on that blitz on fourth down there to end the game. Like he, he was, was going to be on his head. Fast. He was going to be, he was going to disrupt the play, even like either get a sack anyway or force Tua to throw it up. Like, so that was kind of nice to see, you know, another guy who, again, I, he's been fine. He's been playing well, but like hadn't had his moments. Another defensive player that's just coming out, making the most of his opportunities. And it's just, we could go down all, you know, 16 to 18 guys that get whole defense. Right. Defense and, and come up with something. Turk getting his first sack of the Don't year. Turk, baby, Turk's back. Like it was just crazy, man. I, it's every week and I absolutely love it. No, absolutely. This defense has been doing their job and then some the entire season. And we just go down the way the and it's got two points that stand out the most to me. Your best defensive player, Chris Jones, missing the opening game. Obviously, that was a, a huge loss for us. He's our best prior third best player on the roster behind Pat and Trav, obviously an all pro guy, defensive player of the year candidate, in my opinion, for him not to be there in that defense, hold that Detroit offense to only 14 points that game. And the other touchdown was debatable. That was very impressive. But then you follow that up with multiple other performances with obviously struggling with the Jaguars offense, making them struggle in the red zone, holding them to less than 21. Then that trend keeps going down. Then you play the chargers, another offense you hold to a minimal game. They had some big plays that week, but nothing really crazy, especially in the second half when we shut them out. Follow that up with another big performance against everybody's number one offense in the league right now, the Dolphins. And it says they score 14 points, but if Chris Jones doesn't get that penalty, that's a field goal. The second touchdown doesn't count. So technically, the defense really only gave up seven because they had got off the field. It was fourth down. Right. But Chris, Chris had another another if moment, like one once a year. So this defense has been doing their job the entire year. For them to not have Charles and Minnie Hugh for six games, Chris Jones missed the game. Nick Bolton missed his fourth game. This yeah, past, I think he's past Sunday, now. This fourth game, it's probably going to be more obviously until he gets his uh, wrist situation, get get healthy, and get back on the field. This defense has done everything they're expected to do, and more, and without their best players being in and out the lineup. So, Spags is in my. If there was a case for like a defensive coordinator of the year or like a defensive coach of the year, I think it would be Steve Spagnuolo, and it wouldn't be close, in my opinion, because like we we as Chiefs fans expected this defense to be really good, but there's a legit conversation, and Mike Edwards tweeted it out yesterday. This is the best defense in football. And it's, it's not even like an opinion anymore. It's a, it's a known fact of what they just did on Sunday, Chris. Right, and and Pat was saying it after the game too that that they were right, the best it, yeah. defense in the, in the league. And like, right. okay, is there any rule to where the and, and this will not happen? But like, does the coach of the year have to go to a head coach? I don't think it's, that's why I think it's kind of weird because in the NBA you have like so many subtle awards, right? But I'm just saying, like, if like honestly, the way this season has gone. I, I think Mike Daniels is going to be in the run for that. There's other head coaches that are going to be in the run for that. But, like, the Chiefs are not a known defense team. Like, we saw this come. We've been seeing this build. We've been talking about this. But as far as the national narrative, like, if you asked a just a casual fan to name Kansas City Chiefs defensive players, I think a lot would struggle past Chris Jones. I've got buddies here that I that I hoop with that, you know, maybe if I say LeJarius Sneed, they're like, oh, yeah, or, you know, you say uh, uh, Nick Bolton because of the Super Bowl plays, like, it they maybe it. clicks, but if you ask them to come up with it on their own, yeah. like it, it's Chris Jones and then, yes, oh it. man, I forget. So like that alone is something that, Spags. I don't know, Spags needs to get a lot of credit because he's getting, I mean, the players are out there performing, but Spags, it just has done an incredible job with the blitz packages, with getting favors in the road and position. And again, we say it every week. These are the best tackling corners in the NFL. And Not Trent McDuffie did it again. His fourth forced fumble, man. Fourth, baby. All so. pro Trent. Turnover Trent. I'm about to get a hashtag started. It's going to get trending. And I said it two weeks ago in the space. 
and I hope people listen to me. I'm about to turn over Trent. I'm about to start having that trending by the end of the month for sure. I'm definitely going to get it up there. Yeah, no, it needs to. Like he's and and just the poeticness of like it being the guy that one of the draft picks we that received in the for? trade for That's Tyree hilarious. Hill. That's hilarious. Like, I mean, it was just it was just too perfect. Like the script writers were in their bag. I'll give it to them. Trent to Mike, <laughs> from Mike to B. Cook, the two guys you drafted, the one guy you signed when they saved the money from Tyreek Hill is you can't write that. You couldn't yeah. write that, bro. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's the thing. All those, all pretty much everything that was freed up in the Tyreek Hill trade, whether it was cap space and draft capital, all happened in that play. Went to the defense, and right. you're seeing it. You're seeing it. You're right. seeing what's happening. And so, man, it, it is a lot of fun. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Shout out to the writers. Shout out to the writers for sure. <laughs> that's yes. a hell of a script. I didn't expect that one. Like, out of all the defensive plays this year, that one's going up in the Raptors. Like, that's probably one of the best Chiefs. Defensive plays ever. Yeah. And oh, yeah. being with Tyreek, bro, like I said, you can't write that, bro. That's like right. Hollywood. No, you can't. Like, you know, there's the Eric Berry pick six when he came out, and there's a few other plays in the Abdullah pick six against the, the Patriots. Justin Houston, the, um, was it the uh, eight sack game he had? Or was it seven? Yeah, it, was seven, it wasn't. Eight, yeah, it was the six or seven sack on the last week against the Chargers. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's been some moments, the but. The DT game, the Abdullah pick six versus New England on the Yeah, Monday, right? yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. been some, there's been some hella good ones in the Chiefs game, but that that one is definitely up there. Especially that's that's again. top three for me. That one's up there. That's crazy. Yeah, losing that's my crazy. mind when it happened. I was like, I lost my mind when Trent McDuffie forced the fumble, and then it just kept building. And then when Mike Edwards came and said, "Oh, we got and, the and then he picks us like, "Oh," and then you see him, and then Mike Dana's down the line making a block to spring him, and it's like. There were so many guys involved in that play. He looked like Usain Bolt with those high knees. Bro, if Brian Cook would have did this, bro, the whole the internet would have broke. If he would have hit the peace sign on Tyreek, oh, after like as soon as he got to the end zone, he had turned around and went like this, bro. The whole internet would have went. Crazy. It would have gone crazy. Oh my god, that would have. It, it's already a big play, but if he would have just been a little trolling, just a little bit, and hit Tyreek with the peace sign, bro, that would have been crazy. I probably would have. Awesome. I would have put it on a shirt. I ain't gonna lie. Right, right. That was funny. That was funny. And now they got a week week to rest to go over things, you know, and like Watson don't get better. Jalen Watson getting the block, you know. Jalen like, Watson in the back, but bro, is Bags just like one of the best, <laughs> like best, like blitzing DCs in the league? Oh, I yeah. know we talk about Todd Bowles. I know we talk about um, Robert Sala, and obviously uh, Jim Schwartz up in Cleveland. But when Spags sends pressure, I would like to see the the success rate on when he sends a blitz because most of the time when he does, he gets home or the quarterback's affected by the play. Yeah, I'm at the point where it's I'm giving Spags a lot of the credit too because again I used to not that Sneed like Sneed's good at it, but I used to give a lot of credit to Sneed being like, oh he's he's really good at. It. But then McDuffie started doing it. Now we no, see Jalen Watson. Same thing with the tackling. Like with it, when Shavarius Ward and, and Brashad Breland were coming up making tackles, I was like, oh man, they're just really good tackling corners. And then every guy that's been coming since like has performed the exact, regardless of size. You have a little five nine Trent McDuffie doing it. You know you have. 6-3, lengthy Josh Williams is a good tackler. Like, doesn't matter what your body type is. You come in and play corner for Spags, he's going to make sure you know how to tackle. And so, like, right. that dude, whether it's the blitzing or the tackle, like, he just gets so much credit, man. And I absolutely, gosh, makes me so mad to think that we have Can we talk about this body bag list for the for the DB room? People told me we were going to struggle this year, Chris, because they have film on us. That's why uh-huh. I'm just I'm just saying, like, the only receiver really to have a good day on us was Amin Ra. I think he had like 75 yards, something around there. In yeah, week that was one. week one. That was That's week what I'm one. saying. Outside of that, Justin Jefferson, you had less than 60 yards. 
Calvin Ridley, you had less than 60 yards. Tyreek Hill, you barely got over. Jalen <laughs> Waddle and Tyreek Hill combined for less than 100 yards. I'm not, I yeah. think it's like 104. Like yeah, right some, over. something right over, yeah. So, not, not much. Like, the body bag list for this DB room is getting kind of long. Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown. It's Keenan Allen only had like 50 yards. Today. It's getting kind of long. It is. Guys in this group. And it's not going to get any easier. We got A.J. Brown coming up in two weeks. Then we know what you do when we see Jamar Chase. And Diggs, Diggs. So it's not going to get any easier, obviously. But these guys have been battle-tested, like we said last year's episode in the AFC Championship game. I said it then. They seem the best receivers in the league the entire year, and they're doing it again this year. I put this DB room against anybody. So honestly, yeah. for them to go into the AFC Championship game, to lose Snead on, what, the third play of the game when he got a concussion, and them to essentially hold that Bengals offense to 20 points, what do you think the third. Bengals offense would do against this defense? Which yeah. is marginal, not even marginally, five times better than it was last year. Pass rush, linebacker, DB play, defensive coordinator, like everything has improved from last year. So, how much more confidence do we have going in towards like those matchups with the way this defense is playing now? Because the name of the game in the playoffs is getting stops. Yeah, yeah, no, they're awesome, and I well, I want to give them all their flowers. That's why I wanted to spend the first ten to fifteen minutes of the podcast hype up the defense because they deserve it. There's elite, you know, elite, elite. They're getting overlooked too much because you know, like you said at the beginning, the offense is what sells the tickets. It's what we're accustomed to in Chiefs Kingdom, but man, this defense is flying, and I absolutely love it. it I look forward to it almost, you know, especially yeah. especially coming off a score. After a score, it's like, oh man, we really the- have one turnover, one or more turnovers every game, Chris. Like yeah. Every game. That's not like a flu. It's like a trend now. When mm-hmm. we get a turnover, we win the game, essentially. That helps yeah. us our boost our odds crazy now. Yeah. It's it they're they're so good and they've been so much fun. And I am all here for it. But when you got a transition, there is another side of the ball. And you know, the 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 Chiefs. The Chiefs offense came out, came out fire. And, you know, that first drive was pretty. And what was it? Really the third good. drive was also pretty. Uh, third or fourth drive, I forget. But, like, was also really pretty. The second to last drive was good, too. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, but why can't they just bottle it? Why, like, why is it just the scripted plays? Like, why is it just what Andy and the, and the coaching staff comes up with? Because they typically look pretty good on their first 15. Like, mm-hmm. What what is it about this offense that has just been so hard for it to get going? Especially when you do have Pat and you do have Travis and you have Andy Reid. I mean, we've been saying it all year. When this team runs the football, and the stat I gave before last episode, when Pacheco gets fifteen plus carries, we're nine and zero. He got sixteen carries on Chris, so the stat holds true. We're now ten and zero when Pacheco touches the ball fifteen more times. So, and we did call it. We said I said Jet McKinnon was going to score this week, and he got yeah, he it. Did. So my anytime touchdown ticket did cast. Thank you, Jet. I appreciate the money. Um, but no, overall, it's just when you get your best player at the football, those are the guys that usually tend to find a way to make plays, get first down, get us in the end zone. And Travis Kelsey didn't even have a day, really. He had, what, no, three or four catches, that. less than 50 yards. So for them to he go out there. 20 yards. 20, yeah, like he didn't even hit it. His properties was at like 76 and a half. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He really didn't. I think he only had three or four catches he ended with. So essentially was out there being a decoy, which is what's your job to do. Because on the Jet McKinnon play, I'm, I'm sure me and Chris have retweeted on the timeline, but Jet McKinnon was wide open on his little mesh concept with Travis. Because three people just flew to Kelsey and left the whole right side of the field wide open, and Jet McKinnon just walked into the end zone. So at times when this when this offense goes tempo like that first drive, like Chris stated, this offense can go score on anyone, and they can move the ball whenever they feel like it. They can run the ball on short yardages, and we'll get into the numbers with that because Chris has a really good stat for you guys. <laughs> but at the same time, Chris, I felt like – when you watched the offense in the second half, did you feel like they take their foot off the gas? 
after no, the way they were. I don't. I really did. Like visually, I did not think they were taking their foot off the grass. Okay. Yes. I thought that they just weren't unable to execute. So you think that's play calling? You think that's a player issue? I think it's. I, I think it all comes back to what you and I have been kind of been saying for a minute. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. You got like, like eight guys with two catches. Yeah, Noah Gray had two. I have it right here. Yeah, Noah Gray had three catches. Sky Moore had two catches. McKinnon had two. Valdez had two. Tony had one. Rice had two. Watson had two. Kelsey had three. Hardman had three for ten. Like nine guys. Like, Everybody's touching the ball. Yeah, like how is anyone supposed to get in a rhythm and be able to get separation and stuff when you have all these guys running routes and having running plays? Like, I get that you're kind of trying to figure it out. I get it. There's because they're all about the same. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna argue. I think Rice is the only one that has clearly separated himself, and he didn't get a target after nine minutes in the second quarter. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, like he caught the touchdown on the first drive, had his second catch on you know on the third or fourth drive of the game, and then did not get. He was out there running some routes, like he was still in the in, in the formations. Did not get targeted the rest of the game, and it's like. Part of it, I think, comes down to it's just they don't they need to have their three guys. And like it's not to say that these other the other three guys can't come out and for breathers in certain situations, but I need like I need rice and, and again they're not I don't know why they're not using Tony. He had one catch for 19 yards, hit his over, hit hit, hit his over on the prop, but still only ran 10% of the plays. Well, almost cleared so his over too. I put him on a parlay. He was if he catches that touchdown, he would have cleared it. Right, right. It's like Get get rice and pick your favorite too, whether that's Marquez because of what you're paying him, which is just how sports work, or Justin Watson because Pat seems to trust him, or if it's Mahok. Like I don't care which three it is, really is as long as Rice is one, pick the other two and run with it and see how the offense performs. Right. And the way they use Sky Moore this week, I thought was lovely. I love the way they use him. Put him in the backfield. Using his like obviously his size and his stature and his shiftiness to get him out there for a first down. He ran it out and up and Pat threw a beautiful ball over the top of the DB and placed it over the pocket and Sky caught it and went and caught that for a first down as well. So the whole talk of like him and Sky not having a connection when he gets when they when he throws him the ball, Chris he catches it for two catches for a first down. So yeah. the whole talk of like him and Sky don't have a connection that's a lie because when he catches the ball and he throws it to him when he's open, good things happen. Now when there's like you wait till too late, you miss your read, you try to come back to it, you throw a hail mary. There's going to be either miscommunication or there's going to be a bad play and somebody's not going to end up successfully having a play because you're trying to you're trying to make a play after the play has already been there for you to make. So when they're on time and on target, I've seen these guys make plays over and over again. So and a lot of those plays he had last week was with just was with PS2, one of the best corners in the league, in my opinion. So for him to go out there and bounce back and make two good plays for this offense and KT out there to make exclusive explosive plays, like Chris said, he's the most explosive guy he thinks is on the offense. I think it's a tie between him and Rasheed. Either one you want to pick. I think those are the two guys that should be getting the most, like you said, the most targets. But I think they're honestly saving KT because they know he just can't finish. He can't play four or five games in a row. I want him to, but if you give him eight targets for like five weeks straight, I don't think he's going to make it. And I want him to. I just don't think he would. So there's a reason why they don't give him the ball that much. But when you look at the snap count, Chris, I I don't have it up, but Nick Jacobs tweeted it out. They did what me and you said. The receiver snap count is MBS, Justin Watson, and Rasheed Rice with the three guys who got the most snaps. So they're doing it snap count wise. Just now we need to work on the next phase of the targets. But they're doing it snap for the three guys. They get the most snaps. So they're doing something. Okay, that's a good start. But here's the issue with it is like, okay, those snaps are great and all, but they're also calling three designed plays for yeah, for other 
you know so like yeah rice and mvs are out there but it's they're not even an option like that's that's a designed play for for mccall you know whether it's in the flat or whatever little routes he got or you know the same for tony on his big play that that was a designed play for tony's like so i get it it's just maybe snap count isn't the best way to look at it because you just a lot of these all these routes have a number one option you know there's a number one option on every play that's called Mm -hmm. and i don't think that i think that there's too many times that that number one route has changed it's not like you know back in the old days it was all right kelsey's option one tyreek's option two or vice versa you know and then the rest is is whatever happens there's none of that there's normally Kelsey's one. Oh, they're playing Kelsey a certain way. Now I've got to figure out who's two. And there is no real two as shown by where Pat's throwing the ball. He doesn't know where to throw the ball. And no, so that's just, just a disconnect on offense. Like I, it's, I just, it doesn't make sense because I think that the receivers are actually a little bit better than we do give them credit for because the production's not there. So it's very easy to blame them. I just think it's it's some new bodies, some new faces still, and there's too many of them, you know. So hopefully this bye week sorts that out, and they and they start to figure themselves out a little bit and realize there's a reason that most teams don't have seven guys with three, two or three catches, you know, a week. But it's usually four to five guys at max. Exactly, and then you know maybe maybe the backup t- even though Noah's playing, I love Noah Gray, but it, you know the backup tight end maybe gets gets one catch for and you know maybe maybe wide receiver four gets one catch on a on a twelve yard play on first down. Like that's how most box scores look. It's usually the three your three receivers and your one tight end get most of the bulk of the targets. Yeah, and then and then fill in the blanks afterwards. So that needs to be some sort of consistent because what they're doing right now isn't working clearly because they're not having any consistency so no for sure i, I think they will cut in it we kind of saw this last year snaps kind of got cut down i think eventually they're going to get guys like the snap count in the right direction it should be uh it, it could be a situation to where they're getting all these guys reps to where like we have an afc championship game situation again where a guy goes down with a random injury and you, and you need a guy to go in there and step in like hey you've been playing all year so you should be ready for this moment so i don't like six or seven guys playing either i'd rather just pick a three and go and roll with it and like sparingly guys come in for breaks but Having guys get reps now, it'll pay dividends in the end of the season if you have to, in case you got to break the glass for emergencies just like we did last year. So that's the only way I can look at it now because there's really no other way to explain it because me and Chris agree, like, that many guys should not be getting targets. It should be three or four guys. Like, it's not – you're only doing that for one or two reasons. You're either trying to get guys ready or you're saving other guys' legs for the rest of the season. There's really, like, no other way to explain it. Yeah, it's just very abnormal, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, that had the most guys different. I think the most amount of players catch a touchdown last year. I think he was at thir- was it fourteen last year? It's something it crazy like that. I think, was, that. I think he was going for fifteen this year. I think it was fourteen. I think it was fourteen or thirteen last year. So he spreads it around to a lot of people. Yeah, which sounds great, but until you see what the offense production yeah. has been, and you're like, okay, something needs to change. That's where I'd start. Also, where I'd start is I would put the quarterback sneak back in the damn playbook. <laughs> that's not something that is ever going to happen ever Andy again. Andy Reid beat over his dead body before okay. that. Let's just get into it because even though it didn't end up affecting them, the decision on third and one where they threw the ball to give Miami the ball, not only did Miami get the ball back, but they threw it, an incomplete pass, so they didn't. They got it with 240 with both their timeouts and the two-minute warning. Like, like it was just a a terrible play call. So I used my lunch at work to go over all (laughs) of the short yardage situations. And we'll I got too many numbers. Let's just get to the basic one. On third and one or fourth and one, the Chiefs are eight for 15 this year. 
the quarterback sneak since 2002 has an 83% success rate. Pretty good. 15 is 53%. Quarterback sneak is 83. The Eagles are 94, which they're in a category on their own. With it the- seems it seems easy. Like, doesn't it seem there's an easy solution? And those are those are quarterback sneaks, not tight end sneaks, not running back sneaks. <laughs> quarterback sneaks. Like you, you claim to have the best interior lineman in football. You know, you, you have a top five left guard, a top ten right guard, and a top two center. Use them. Yeah, exactly. Use them. And it's Use not them. the numbers dive deeper than that. Okay, you got these guys. You have Pacheco who who runs. We all know how he runs. He, he, he you know he falls forward on third and three or less. The Chiefs have passed it 27 times of the 40 occasions that this come up. Jesus Christ. Like, they are on third and three and third and two, they are combined 23 of 25 for passing. Like, that, they've called pass plays 23 of the 25 times. And the two carries, one of them was Pacheco. He did convert it, by the way. The other one was a Noah Gray rush. I didn't see. <laughs> like, what? Like, <laughs> I... I it, they're one dimensional and like I, I don't understand the obsession like we sit here every week talk about every the receivers week. and the passing game and the inability to how to just succeed on that and then Andy's like oh yeah short yardage plays I got a great running I got a good running back and a great interior line let's throw let's, it let's throw it <laughs> it's like bro Chris I literally tell everybody this is a choice stop blaming the players saying they can't do this we can't run the ball on third down. Stop doing that. You're lying to me. Chris just broke you down the numbers. 27 times we've thrown the ball on yeah. third and short. That has nothing to do with O-line. That has nothing to do with Pacheco. <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with Pat. That is Andy Reid on the headset. And it's funny because somebody posted a clip today of him, like, talking out the play before that third and one. And they were, like, reading his lips. And he said, pass. And he said, go pass. And everybody's going crazy <laughs> for that clip. He's just looking at his call sheet. He takes a long call. He's like, hmm, yeah, go pass. I'm like, bro. <laughs> like, I'm like, as soon as Jet McKinnon came in the game, Chris, I'm like, we're about to throw. Yeah. Bro. Oh I'm like, God. we're not running it. You didn't put Jet McKinnon in there to get a yard. <laughs> Everybody in the building knew we were throwing it. They double team, triple team, Kelsey, Pat threw it in the dirt. I was like, Andy, you're the biggest troll ever. And I, that's why I don't get mad no more. I laugh because – we know we can run the football. For people who think we don't, you're lying because Chris just gave you enough. When we run and run the football, we get first downs. It's not the fact of an inability to not do it. Andy just chooses not to. And I'm thinking of he's playing mind games. I told Chris off air. Andy Reid is telling the whole world, we're throwing the ball on third and short. So then when the playoffs get here, he's going to run it every single time. Then you're going to be like, whoa, where did this come <laughs> from? I've never seen him run the football. I'm like, yeah, he only does it when he absolutely needs to. Like I've been telling people for years. In the regular season, he does not care. He will throw the ball, and the numbers, like Chris said, have shown it. When it's money time in the Eagles game in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, in the Bengals game, AFC Championship game, in the Jaguars game, when Pacheco had a great game, we run the football when we want to. We just choose not to, which pisses people off. But like I told Chris weeks ago, I don't get mad. If Andy don't care, why should I? I ain't got no reason to get upset no more. I don't raise my blood pressure no more, Chris. I stay keeping up. I can't can't help it. It's literally I'm not about to get upset no more. Like when they turn around when on third and one when they turn around and hand it to Pacheco or Jet, they are seven for nine on conversions. And the two stops both came in the Vikings game. So only one game has it been an issue when they turn off 
And Pacheco has not gotten a short yardage carry since the Vikings game. Kadarius Tony has a carry on that situation before Pacheco does. Like, I I'm proud of you for not letting it let it boil your blood. But for me, it's just like I'm not protecting my peace, Chris. I'm not about to get mad no more, bro. It's a choice. It's nothing to do with the ability of this O line. It's nothing to do with the ability of running backs. Andy Reid is looking at the playbooks as throw the ball. I'm like, all right, go ahead. And I'm never going to completely get over it until they run it. Like, even like yeah. I, I would much rather them see, like, if they ran a third and one halfback dive every time and, like, you know, picked it up 60% of the, I would be happier, but I would still like the quarterback sneak thing is, I think, the number one thing that drives me insane because you, if you, if you let yourself be limited because of one freak thing from four years ago, like, it just really makes me question, like, what else? Are you? Do you have that same mindset too? You know what I'm saying? Like really we really been winning, and we don't run quarterbacks. Anymore. I know we a lot of winning. We don't I, I get it, and that's and that's the trump card. Like they still win. I get it. No, it's it, impressive. Like for you not to run a quarterback sneak. How many? What team doesn't run a quarterback sneak? I think no, we're not the only team in the league who doesn't. I know. Everybody has quarterback sneaks. He has a torn ACL. Josh Allen's injured shoulder. Quarterback sneaks. Jalen Hurts had a knee brace on. Quarterback sneaks. Lamar Jackson. Injuries, quarterback sneaks. We're like the only team in the league who doesn't do quarterback sneaks, and yet we had the most wins in a five-year span in NFL history. That's crazy. Jalen got, got his knee hurt, and they were scared for him. Like, it's the Cowboys this week, still and did they it. still do the tush still push. Did like, it. Like, oh, we don't care. We're all right. That was what, that's what I was saying, too, is when they showed that that was the game I was watching where they showed the graphic. They were like, quarterback sneaks since 2002, Eagles 94%. They said rest of the NFL 83%. And I was like, oh, that was rude of them to leave the Chiefs out of that graphic. Hey, we're not. Because they, they ended that right. They yeah, had no zero way. for zero. <laughs> What's the last QB sneak we had before Pat? Was it Alex Smith? <laughs> oh, man. Like, yeah, Alex right. Pat did it against Denver in 2019 or 2020 or whatever year it was, 2019. Ever? It makes my skin fall, man. And I've saved it for the end of the pod because it was supposed to be overall positive. You know, they had a lot of good things that happened. They won the game. But, like, man, it's just – That is funny. Eight for 15. That's all. the And seven of those eight conversions are when they handed it off to Pacheco and McKinney. You know the one time we do run it, nobody in the world is going to see it coming. I think Pat eventually will run one eventually. One day he's gonna go into the game, and it's gonna be like third. It's and gonna short. have to be the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it's gonna maybe be like the AFC big... Championship game. Those are the yeah. only two games that that would and happen. Pat's gonna come up to the line and, and change gonna, it, and he's gonna he's gonna have to change it himself, and he's gonna call a run play to Pacheco or something. And Pat's gonna go up to the line, and be like, "Hey, bro, we're sneaking this shit. I don't care." And he's gonna go. He's gonna go up there. He's gonna give his little candies. Wide eighty, wide eighty. He's gonna have a motion come by to make it look like he's about to hand it off. And nobody knows what they were going to sneak it because we never do it. He's going to say, hey, The Dolphins gonna... almost were giving it to him. He gets it. Like he can look get at the... it whenever he wants If you to, go back and look at the formation, like they were still bunched in there. Like, you know, the, the, like gaps the, there. But the gaps were 1,000 there. It's almost like for you baseball fans, like when the Royals and the AL wild card in 2014, Boy. they got all those stolen bases. You know why they got all those stolen bases? Because they knew John Lester, the pitcher for the A's, was not going to throw over to first. He's not doing it. So the Dolphins knew that the Chiefs were not running a quarterback sneak and aligned their defense accordingly. And <sighs> okay, we got to get off of it. We got to get off of it. You feel better? Everyone stopped listening at this point. All but... of our listeners ran away. You feel better now? <laughs> I feel good. 
All right, get it off your chest, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what we are. We're, we're therapy sessions for cheap. Uh, we got it. Everybody listening to our show and they yell, they're driving to work right now or coming home from work a long day and picking up kids and yelling. I can't believe Andy Reid did that. Chris said the stat on Aftermath that Pacheco and Jenner, seven for nine on Thursday, and he still refuses to run it. I'm like, well, uh, I'm telling you, yeah. protect your peace, kingdom. Do not let Andy Reid ruin your day. I've let it go a long time ago. I don't care no more. If he don't care, why should I? He'll do it when he wants to. And then, until then, it is what it is, bro. We're going to get some third and shorts. We're going to miss some. It is what it is. Yeah, we'll be at a 53% clip while the rest we'll of the like NFL is at an 83% clip. So. I, I'm, my homework for Chris is to do the playoff numbers. Now I really want to see what it looks like. What <laughs> yeah. are our third and short numbers in the playoffs? Yeah, <laughs> I may have to do that. I may have to do that. So. There's got to be a difference. we got to have like a higher number in the playoff. We have to. We have to. Again, this is a small sample size because it's only the first nine games of this year where the only yeah, number yeah, I yeah, looked yeah. at. But yeah. It still is funny. I'm taking it off the screen. We're back. We're, I took yardage off. We're done talking about it. I got I got it off my chest. I feel better. It's bye week. We get to, you know, too bad that the Chiefs bye week is also the week like all the other good teams get off. So, know, right? so there's no good games really. There's, there's a couple of good ones, but Not nothing good. super excited. But, hey, enjoy. Enjoy the stress-free weekend, Chiefs. <sighs> That's what I, I got like to up, you big. Watch some NFL football, root against the Bengals. I mean, that's just what I generally do. I don't well, know. I think we're all Texas fans. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Stroop tweeted it out. He said we root against the Bengals every week. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's making the rivalry better. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Tyreek Hill, that's a real rivalry, us and the Bengals, not you and the Dolphins. Stop making yeah, it up. Yeah, Tyreek, no one. Stop saying stupid shit after the camera. If they were – if they make – if the Dolphins make the playoffs and then happen to also put – play the Chiefs in the playoffs, okay, maybe we could start talking. Even but... then, we could probably smoke y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, up in the cold KC, like, what you guys oh, Bro, do? you couldn't move the ball in Germany. You think you better come to KC in January? Oh, <laughs> God, it's cool. Great. <laughs> yeah, the Florida boy, what? All, all of their good players are Southern-based. Southern, Tua, Southern, all of them. So. Only one is Raheem Most. I think he went to Purdue. He's the only one that went to school up north. Okay, okay. Everybody else is like down south. Oh, man. Even uh, the running back that's hurt, the rookie, uh, A-Chain is a oh, Texas yeah, kid. Yeah. A-Chain, yep. Mm-hmm. A-Chain, yeah, he's a Texas kid. Like, Because he'll be back by then probably. So, Man, should we wrap this up? Should we wrap this up? Or do you got anything else you need to talk about? I think we need to keep the kingdom in the process. I think they've yet listen to us yell a little bit too much today. <laughs> that's fair yeah, enough. They feel a little better. Oh, man. Well, CJ, where can the good people find you for your le- more level-headed and composed takes than most of us? You guys can definitely find me on Twitter at CGZ81, CJEEZY81. If you guys want to talk fantasy, X's and O's, if you want to talk gambling chat, talk about other people's games, college football. I am going to start some spaces coming up soon. College basketball season is back. I'm super excited for that as well. So, a lot of things going to like this time, like probably the best time of the year because like the World Series just ended. College basketball and NBA are on. College football, the, the heart of the season right now is the end of it. NFL season is in the middle. So, this is like the best time of the year to be a sports fan. So, I can't wait. I love Chiefs for 7 and 2. I love her winning. We have another chance to go get another Lombardi, man. This ain't a better feeling, Chris. These are our prime years, man. So, Every day I get to come on this show. Every week I get to talk to you, bro. This, this is the best time of my life. I've been I've dreamed for moments like this as a kid. So now I just get to live, and the Chiefs are the best team in the league. We're seven and two. And we're still crying. I love it all, man. The tears, the whining, the Andy Reid yelling, the quarterback sneaks, the spags. I love it all, baby. The Jay Reeds, I love it, man. 
best time I can't, ever. I can't deal with your level-headedness right now. I love so. it, bro. I love it. I, I, I pray for this. I like, bro, there's I, I so many other friends and fan bases who teams suck. Like, they're, like, picking lottery top five, top ten in the draft every single year. They're like, bro, y'all – and one of my friends texts me. He's like, bro, why do y'all do everything right? I'm like, bro, have you been in our group chat? He's like, bro, y'all always win games when y'all even don't have the best thing. I'm like, if you would have told our fan base that, they would have called you a hater. Like, we don't do everything right. I'm like, well, we do, like, what, 72% of the things, right? Yeah. You have to win. I think they do pretty much everything about right, except for the one thing that, like, we're not allowed to talk about anymore. Um, But, so. (laughs) But anyway. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I'm not. I don't even know. I need to get my Twitter. Just go follow CJ. He's he's the one that you want to to bring down your the the composure of the, or the level headedness again. So now I'm at ten penny eighty eight. I I always do find a reason to throw out his quarterback sneak tweet. It's just just in my blood every week, baby. Also, Joe, make sure to go check out KC Sports Authority uh, on there. Find them on the socials. You can find them on. Uh, YouTube, make sure you hit the like and subscribe. I mean, they do a lot of good stuff, a lot of KU basketball and football takes. So if you're a KU oh, fan, gotta go check it out. Jayhawks, man, seven wins with a, with a shout check. out Leopold. He's doing his thing. So man. I mean, it's 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 a fun time to be a, a Jayhawk fan and a Chiefs fan, and you know, and a Missouri Tiger fan. I know they don't do any content, but hey, good. I give the Tigers a shout out. Tough loss, against, be, baby. T- tough loss against Georgia this week, but they played well. The refs kind of. uh Kind of hold yeah, it. yeah, kind of on clearly on on Georgia's side, but we don't need to get into that. But uh, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us this week. And as always, we will talk to you next time. Go Chiefs.